0: night. Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. Now, today's show uh, I'm really happy about because it brings together a, a few different topics that are of great interest to me. One is Calvados, and the other is sustainability. And I think this is really worth you know i lo- i know a lot of bars are talking about zero waste but i think in general this is a, a discussion that needs to be had more often in the spirits industry so i am really happy to have um tim etherington judge and stephanie jordan co-founders co-founders of a- avalon calvados of it's a natural calvados it's made with 40 different apple varieties from over 300 orchards and they really have a fresh take on calvados both in terms of taste and in terms of the environment so we're going to talk to them about Building a sustainable brand, and uh, and well, welcome to the show, Tim and Stephanie. Thank you. Hi, Forrest. Thanks Hi. for having us. Yes, it's very very nice to be talking to you again. And um, let's just start with, I guess, maybe you can give me an idea of what inspired you to start the company.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you, you kind of touched upon two things, which was Calvados and sustainability, and I suppose those are the two things that we were excited about. Um, Tim and I are both drinks and drinks industry kind of geeks and experts. We've, we've been around a long time, dedicated our careers to, to building global drinks brands. And upon leaving uh, one of the bigger corporates within the industry, we found ourselves really kind of disaligned of our values and really trying to understand, you know, how we could put our talents to the service of the greater good. And, and that for us was really initially looking at a planet and eventually people and so, thinking about the environment, we asked ourselves the question, you know, well, what does a truly sustainable spirit look like? And that very, very quickly led to a a big kind of starting point for this journey, which was, well, actually environmental impact with a spirit happens right at the very beginning. It's all about the agriculture and the raw material and what you make that boost from. And actually, it seemed like our industry had been distracting us a little bit with all the beautiful packaging and the marketing and, you know, kind of taking us down this route that it was all maybe to do with recyclability and, and, and the kind of, yeah, the, the marketing effort around packaging and distribution of spirits. But in fact, we need to go right back to, to, to the beginning, to the agriculture. And so that simple question, Uh, led us to do some research we looked at carbon emissions biodiversity loss water usage pesticide abuse across all the big categories so whiskey gin vodka rum looking at sugarcane and grain and you know all these various um origins for alcohol and um quite simply the the answer we got was apples 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 are fundamentally the most sustainable thing you can make spirit from and so once we understood that, it was a very quick and easy journey down to Normandy, France, into the wonderful category of Calvados. And that was the beginning of Avalon.
0: Well, I'm very glad that you made that journey. And it's it's interesting to hear you talk about this, especially the idea that really what's in the bottle has such a major impact on the environment around us, because I think it's so easy to be um, distracted in anything when you're talking about eco or environmental actions. And so, you know, we think if we stop using plastic straws, we've solved the problem. Um, but so it's nice to have people taking a deeper look and really coming to the consumer and, and helping to educate people. Can you, can you talk a little bit more just, uh, and I know this would, could be a whole episode, so not, I'm not asking for too much detail, but just broad strokes on how the spirits industry and its impact on the environment. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't have the feeling that we're so strong when it comes to being sort of ecologically minded and um, less impactful on the environment. Do you have some words to say about that?
1: Absolutely. And I think the first thing we need to recognize is that the spirits industry. Unfortunately, it's not really one of craft. Um, We would like to think that everything is made by some small distillery out in some backwater somewhere fantastic and exotic, which is maybe the case for about 5% of global spirit cells. But in truth, more than 90% of these cells uh, are handled by huge conglomerates. And it is an incredibly large industrial endeavour. And consequently, that has meant that the industry is utterly disconnected with the environment. Okay. And so the big groups are buying in not actually raw material, they're buying in a finished neutral grade spirit half the time. And therefore, they've completely lost any accountability, right, with what's happening in the fields. And that's where the big, uh, pardon my French, uh, F up occurred. This is quite different to wine. You know, in the world of wine, it is about your terroir. It is about the quality of your grape. It's about the seasonality. You know, you have to look to the weather and its temperament and this change in climate change and how, you know, that's impacting harvests. And so producers, even very large producers, are at the forefront of these environmental questions. Uh, you will find that in the spirits industry, we have not been. And then the big conversation tends to be around carbon and carbon offsetting and, you know, trying to go for, for carbon neutral. But in fact, everyone is just sort of turning their back away from what's truly going on, which is the whole entire destruction of environmental um, ecosystems and and abusive monocrops and biodiversity loss and heaps and heaps and heaps of artificial water irrigation and the list goes on.
0: Um, so my next question is—is is the part I get excited about because when I hear about things like this, uh, naturally I, I ask myself, how can we fix it? What can we do? So, and I loved hearing about the kind of things that you are doing around your Calvados. So, can you tell the listeners what types of actions you're taking and and how you're approaching it to make it um, to make it a sustainable spirit?
1: Absolutely, and that's one for our chief sustainability officer, Tim.
2: Um. Just checking on my meat. Um so yeah it's about going beyond um traditional sustainability which is mostly is about reducing the harm that we do and trying to go to to a position of having a positive impact um, on the planet. So it all starts in the orchards. Uh, so the orchards are what we call a mosaic habitat. So rather than being a monocrop like a cereal grain or a sugar cane for example they contain three different um, habitats within a single orchard so you've got the obviously the, the agroforestry with the trees and you'll find multiple species of, of apple tree in a single orchard and quite often pear trees as well you've got the meadow and the grass and the wildflowers that grow in between the rows of trees and then surrounding the orchard you've got the the hedgerow so you've got these three wonderful different habitats all working together to provide a really from an agricultural point of view a very biodiverse natural system Um, The rules of Calvados also really help protect us. So there are some very strict rules around um, no artificial irrigation. Um, So we're only allowed to use natural irrigation, which is also known as rainfall. Um, Chemical and uh, kind of pesticide and fertilizer use is extremely limited. And actually the region where where Avalanche apples come from has been pesticide-free since 2016. Over in La Manche. And then finally, um, we look at the, the, the action of the trees themselves. So we're talking about climate change. So trying to go beyond goals like um, carbon neutral or net zero, um, because the trees are sequestering CO2 from the atmosphere and locking it away in their trunks, in their roots, and, and most importantly, in the soil, um, yeah, they they're semi permanently storing that carbon dioxide. So it's not a, a temporary solution. Those trees are, are there for the long-term. Um, so for every bottle of avalanine that we produce, we our, our life cycle analysis has come out at 2.73 kilograms of CO2E sequestered from the atmosphere. Um, which is, it's a very small amount in the global scale of things. Um, but it's a number that we're very proud of. It means that we are having in our own small way. Um, a positive impact in the world, and and Steph and I have always said that one of the mat- the mottos that we live by is "be the change you wish to see in the world," you know. And we wish to see serious action on climate change, so we are trying to do that with our with our little company. Now and then we go beyond. If you look at the product itself, so we we are distributed in three different formats now. So we've got a lightweight bottle, which has a low carbon footprint. Um, in bars, so in the UK and Hong Kong, we're working with a company called Eco Spirits for a, a low-waste, low-carbon, um, closed-loop distribution system, which does away with single-use glass bottles. So you can kind of think of it like a beer cake, but for spirits. Um, so each one of those that we sell will remove six uh, bottles of uh, glass bottles from distribution from production, and then each Eco Tote is designed to be used a minimum of 100 times. So that will remove six hundred bottles from there, and then finally, we've just launched a, a paper bottle. So we partnered with Frugal Pack to become the third, only the third spirit brand in the world to be available in a, in a paper bottle. And that paper bottle has uh, one fifth of the carbon footprint of a traditional glass bottle. It's got one third of the water footprint of a glass bottle. Um, it's a sixth of the weight, so distribution carbon is obviously a lot lower as well. Um, so we're trying to innovate around formats and distribution. Uh, we are a certified B Corp, which came through in January this year. We're also a One Percent for the Planet member, so we donate two percent of our turnover to organisations that are working to protect and restore uh, populations of wild bees, and not honey bees. We want to talk about the, and, and help protect the bees that don't get all of the attention to um, the wild bees, the bumblebees, the cutter bees, the apple bees, the mason bees, the miner bees, um, all of these like super interesting bees that we rely on, um, but because they're not a commercial product, probably don't get the same amount of attention as the, uh, the world famous honeybee.
0: Yeah. I've, I've heard that, that people get so focused on one, then it's kind of to the detriment of the others. So, so that's great. Um, and also just for listeners, I have just right in front of me, um, Stephanie's business card, which I'm going to be planting later because um, it's a little business card that you can plant and it's got little seeds in it. So even their business cards are, are reusable and can add to the environment. Um, so, I just want to touch briefly on your website. You've got, a, I think, it's a sustainability confidence score. Can you t- can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I think listeners, again, you know, I say I was saying earlier, it's, sometimes it's easy to get distracted. People don't really know what to look at. Like you could, could just create a nice looking little badge and say we're sustainable. So, what should our listeners be looking at or paying attention to when it comes to these kind of certifications to know that they're they're drinking in the right direction?
2: Uh, should I take this one too? Oui. Um, so the Where From score, which is the, the consumer sustainability score, is you can know, think of it kind of like a trust pilot or a trip advisor, but for sustainability. Um, there is, as we all know, so much greenwashing out there from you know everyone from the oil companies through to the big drinks uh, corporations that are greenwashing to some extent. So what Where From does is it crowdsources um, a sustainability score, based on on customers' reviews. So people can log on to where from, um, they can go and visit the Avalon page, they can rate um, our sustainability across a number of metrics, everything from um, you know, carbon emissions to, to pesticide use through to um, our health or the health of the product. So it's not a certification, but it is a, a way that, um, People can go and rate and review and find out more about our sustainability. Um, when it comes to what what can people trust, um, I think platforms like this we can trust because you're crowdsourcing the score. It's not based on a single organisation or a single um, group of people. It, it's it's you know a large large database. I mean it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, so I think that that's an important one. You know it's just like we trust. You know we have some trust in TrustPilot or TripAdvisor. You know if, if a place is terrible and always has terrible terrible service um they won't have a good TripAdvisor advisor score you know and increasingly we will make decisions based on those scores, or maybe the google um google score when mean we, we search for a venue on google maps and um, the other one that's that's really important i think is is b corp so b corp is the anyone listening that doesn't know is the, probably the most wide-ranging um and intensive of the, the certifications out there at the moment so it goes beyond um, say organic, which only focuses on, on chemical use it goes beyond fair trade, which only looked at wages and it covers um, five separate um, pillars of business, everything from environment and governance through to um, workers and, and customers. And it asks a lot, a lot of questions about your business. Um, and you have to get a, an overall score of above 80 across all of these different um, pillars of your business. Become a certified B Corp. To this to date, there's only around 5,000 businesses around the world that have been certified as a B Corp. So it's still a, an extremely exclusive club um, of companies who are using their business for to do good in the world. You know, it, it's not they're not all about the environment, and they're not. And some of them are about social causes. Some of them are about workers' issues. But as a total group of businesses, they are trying to have a positive impact on the world, and that's a, a fantastic thing. And it, I think of all of these certifications, B Corp is is the one that's the most trustworthy. If you see that on a on a product, you know that that's a company that's working to to try and build a better world.
0: That's great. Thanks. I will um, for listeners. I will put links to that in the show notes, so that way you can remember when you're when you're looking and you can know sort of what to look for for these signs of quality. I also want to ask you both about, I know you're using blockchain technology, which I have been surprised not to see more in the drinks industry in certain areas. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how you're using that uh, in your project, or sorry, in your in your, in your brand?
2: Sure. Um, I think it, so because Calvados production is extremely traditional, what we're trying to do is blend the, the very traditional um, production, which is... Inherently very sustainable, with cutting-edge modern technology. Um, so we kind of use blockchain and NFTs in a couple of ways. So the the big one is for transparency. Um, you know, Steph and I both worked at a big a big drinks corporate, um, and the drinks companies are not very transparent. Um, you know, their labels are extremely opaque. They don't want you to know where their li- where the liquid comes from. They really want to tell you what's in the liquid, Their, their labels are deliberately vague, and, and there's very little information on the back of, of any spirits brand you really pick up. Um, and this always frustrated both Steph and I, um, on you know, the brands that we worked on. So we said that you know, when we did Avalon, we were going to be as transparent as we possibly could about everything that we do. Um, so we use a, a platform called Provenance which is a, a blockchain technology platform. So a transparency um, technology platform. So it allows us to upload evidence and information um, to back up the claims that we make. So for example, a big one was right at the start with our liquid. So we, on the front of the bottle, it says made from nothing but apples, water and time. So to kind of evidence that claim, we became the only brand that we know of. We don't know anyone else that's done it yet. Um, upload our chemical liquid analysis to the blockchain. So you can go onto our website, you can click the link and it will take you to um, the full laboratory analysis of the liquid. And you can see the exact chemical breakdown of the liquid. So you can see that there is no sugar or no artificial sugar added, no caramel added, no Boise added to the liquid. Um, and we that was really important for us to be that transparent. Um, we do it as well with our charitable donations. So we upload all the invoices. Um we uploaded our lifecycle analysis to the blockchain so everyone can see that. Um we've also gone and, and put the full production chain so you can see the the production of our length from blossom to bottle, you know, where we get our source, our bottles from, where the apples come from, where the corks come from, where the labels come from, where the distillery is. So you can find a lot of information. Um, we're trying to be as transparent as possible there. So that, that's a big one, And then the second one is something that's very new for us um, and, and pretty cutting edge, we think. So we're working both with the distillery that produces Avalen and also with a Web3 technology company called Dovu Earth. Uh, now Dovu Earth take a very techno, tech approach to carbon offsetting. So they provide a carbon offsetting service for companies. And what they do is they work with farms um, to analyze the carbon sequestration of um, the potential of their farms. So what we did is we did a comprehensive review of um, one of the orchards at Cockerell, which is the distillery, um, and we found that that orchard sequesters about 18 um, tons of of carbon dioxide per year. So once we've got that, that figure, that can then be turned into carbon credits. So Dovu Earth will then take that number. They use a, um, a cryptocurrency um, to create a, an NFT token for the value of that carbon. They can then sell that NFT on a marketplace um, to a company that wants to offset. So there's the transparency of, of it. So rather than going, oh yeah, we planted five, thousand trees and you don't know how many of those trees survived the first year if they burnt down or someone cut them you know there's no there's very little traceability as to the exact value of carbon through Dovu Earth you've got traceability of the exact value of carbon because you've done the the analysis of the the, the farm in the first place and, and then created that that NFT token
1: Tim can you just contextualize those 1,800 tonnes of CO2e.
2: 18, 18 tonnes of CO2e. Um, I don't know how much that's going. To, uh, it's about half of what we did in our first year of bottles sales.
1: So driving around the planet twice.
2: Something like that, maybe. I
1: think this is the interesting thing for us, is that sustainability and technology go hand in hand But the tech moves fast and so does the terminology. And so um, consumers, as you might call them, we tend to call them citizens because we do not believe that we have been put here on this earth to just consume. But, you know, we are people, we are humans and we're here to live in communities and in collaboration. Um, We've not got the language and it's very, very hard for people to keep up and really understand what it all means. And so, sure, yes, if I buy your product, you plant a tree, surely that's a good thing. Um, but actually, it's so much more complicated than that, because, you know, sometimes people are just throwing money at it. And so that's where, you know, this, at this phase we're at in 2022, to really pull with purpose or, or make these very ethical choices, you do have to rely on opinions of, you know, people that have dedicated their websites into doing the research for you or onto things like where from because essentially um it it helps guide us um until until this all becomes common currency if that makes sense
0: it does and and I'm so happy to hear about that because it's also it's not just Calvados and sustainability I'm interested in I'm always interested in how the drinks world is applying technology in in useful thoughtful ways not just gimmicky ways so I find all of that really exciting um I feel like we could talk about this so much more maybe we'll have to do another <laughs> show uh, but I'm Gonna tell listeners you should definitely check out the website. I'm gonna put links to all of this in the show notes so you can learn more. For my listeners who are in Paris, I was just doing some looking this morning. Um, I know that they're distributed by L'Explorateur du Goût. I'll put the link to them in the uh in my show notes, but also you can buy this at Drinks and Co., which is where I am planning to go buy some bottles when I'm back in Paris. So just a little FYI for my for my local listeners. Um can for people who would like to get this who aren't located in France uh what's the story there can they can they buy it online uh, I mean are you shipping things uh what can people yeah. do if they want to taste it
1: Shipping shipping booze all around the world is one incredibly complicated task that we've not taken upon ourselves. Avalon is still uh, a Tim and Steph duo. Um, so we're quite reliant on our distributors in the markets we're currently available in. So, you know, if you are in UK, in Spain, in France, in, in the Nordics, in Ireland, in Hong Kong, Australia, chances are you'll find a bottle Our Costa Rica coming soon. Chances are, um, you know, a little Google search and, and you should be able to find a retailer. We're doing a little test in New York, uh, which we're very excited by as well. So that should be hopefully popping up in some of the best bars and restaurants uh, out in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Uh, but really, at this, at this phase, um, Google, Google is your trusted friend to try and find yourself a bottle of that planet positive Calvados Avalon.
2: Yeah. And if you, if you don't live in one of those countries, um, the whiskey um, do ship to a lot of countries. So there's a lot of international shipping um, available through the Whiskey Exchange or maybe Master of Malt. So if you are really keen to get your hands on a bottle um, and not in one of the countries that we, we, we distribute, it, it's quite possible these days. You know, we live in a global world. It shouldn't be too difficult to, to get yourself. And
1: to. or give us a helping hand and go to your local retailer and ask them to list Avalon because together we have to be the change. And so it is such a complicated distribution network, which is why the big boys get to dominate not only with their big marketing pennies, but also with their distribution arms. So really, yeah, it has to kind of be that grassroots effect of people asking for it in their local bars with their local guests, um and, and helping us shake the tree.
0: Well, there you go, listeners. You have your assignment. Let's help make the planet a tiny bit better and go ask for this in your local shops. Um, so we're getting close to the end of our half hour. So I'm going to ask you, Stephanie or or Tim, whichever whichever of you would like it, to do. I have it ready to go. You got it ready. it ready? I Listeners always go. like this part. It's the cocktail of the month. So why don't you give it to us?
1: Awesome. So as Forest was saying, if you do head over to avalenspirits.com, you will find a bunch of interesting, well, at least we think it's interesting information about Avalon and a whole bunch of cocktail recipes. Now, there's two things I want to maybe suggest today. One, super simple serve. If you like a g guess what? An Avalon tonic is actually a better, more refreshing, more delicious spin on the classic. So, try try yourself an Avalan tonic with a nice apple slice, super easy. But for the sake of our cocktailarians and Forrest, given your current location, uh, today I'm going to suggest the trou Normand, not Trout as in whole, but actually true as in truth. And so this is a super simple, nice and natural way to drink Avalan, essentially five CLs uh, in a highball, and then top that up with some fresh pressed apple juice and a little bit of ginger ale to bring a bit of carbonation, uh, loads of ice. And if you could go find yourself a little lavender sprig or a lovely, beautiful, edible flower in your garden, pop that into your glass as well. And, you know, maybe maybe a bee will come and land on your drink and hopefully not
0: sting your nose. Excellent. I'm really glad to hear that recipe because we've got lots of lavender blooming in our yard right now out here I in the country. It. So I figured oh, I
1: was going to do something that you could go and make ASAP.
0: Yep, that will be that will be on my drinking menu this week for sure. So, um I will put that I'll write the recipe out in the show notes, links to all these things listeners, um if you're listening on um iTunes, you can actually just see the show notes as you scroll down from the episode. Otherwise, they're on the site. Um so I just want to say also we don't have time to get into it, but um Tim and Stephanie also have their own projects um drinking out loud. I think um Tim, your Healthy Hospo and yep And Lasso is the other one. Is that right, Lasso?
2: Correct, Correct.
0: Lasso. So I'm going to put links to those in the um, show notes as well, just in case you'd like to learn more about today's guests. And uh, with that, I want to say thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And uh, with that, that is a wrap for this month's episode. Uh, But do come back next month because we'll be interviewing more interesting industry personalities and. You know, if you didn't listen to the prior month's shows, um, there's a real nice tie-in with this. So you might want to go back and listen to the prior two, one that has to do with the relationship between bees and spirits and also sort of farm to bottle, a look at farm to bottle and small agricultural um, uh, practices here in France where they are turning to making spirits. So go back and give that a listen if you haven't. Um, Otherwise, if you're looking for more cocktail and drinks talk in between shows, head over to our site, www.52martinis.com. If you want to carry me around in your pocket, download our iOS iOS app. It's Paris Cocktails. It's a guide to Paris cocktail bars. As always, thanks to our guests. Thanks to you listeners for tuning in or downloading. Additional thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production and to Sun Little for the music we use. Links to all these people in the show notes. As usual, I remind you to drink responsibly, and until next time, cheers.